Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This is Perspectives, the show where we have a conversation about our differences only to discover how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. On the show today, we're going to learn a little bit about an Atlanta women's club and community that is planning to make a major investment over the next year to support entrepreneurs and certain organizations. This investment's going to include grants, sponsorship, access to this group's space, events, programming, and activism aimed to amplify often marginalized voices. Uh, The group is The Lola, and we are going to talk to the creators and founders of the group. First, if I could ask you ladies to just introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell us how long have you been in Atlanta? Hey, I'm Martine Resnick. I'm one of the co-founders of The Lola here in Atlanta. Um, and uh, I've been living in Atlanta since uh, 2007. And Eileen? Hi, I'm Eileen Lee. I'm the other co-founder of The Lola. And I've been in Atlanta for almost four years now. Terrific. And so tell us more about The Lola. I sort of hinted at it, but I wanted you both to tell us really what you're doing. What is it? We're um, a women's club and community. Um, and our mission is to amplify the voices of all women. Um, we, uh, we offer access to an inclusive community of women, um, professional, um, where they can come and work, um, gather, come to events, programming, um, and enjoy our space. Um, and our mission is to um, really raise the voices of all women. So we um, spell our women with the X. Um, And that's just really to signify inclusivity um, for all women, including um, trans and gender binary women. And Eileen, tell us about the motivation behind you and Martine coming together to create this organization. We both have um, very different backgrounds, but both uh, in corporate and in the startup world. And when Martine and I met, one another very much connected on the fact that it doesn't matter if you're at a small scrappy company or a big uh, corporate firm, it's still incredibly challenging uh, for women. And it only gets harder. Um, One, maybe because the naivete kind of wears off. But two, if you want to start a family, if you're a caregiver. um, So we really connected on those um, shared experiences and wanted to create not only a physical space, but a community that's designed for women by women. Um, So that was, you know, after that, it was really just talking to as many women as possible in Atlanta through surveys, focus groups, meetings and events. The first year plus, we probably spoke to over um, 3,500 women through, you know, asking women, would you host your network so we could talk to them and get their feedback. Um, So it it was a really incredible experience. And we learned a ton about the Atlanta landscape, um, the professional women here. Um, so it was, a, it was a really great learning experience. Now, what brought each of you to Atlanta? 
Um, I came, I moved from the UK. Um, I worked in New York for a couple of years and then ended up in Atlanta. Um, my husband um, came to business school here and, and lived and worked here. So I ended up here for that reason. But um, I've been, yeah, it's been a great experience. I was in corporate for many years, probably over 20 years. And uh, I, I was in corporate for over 20 years and um, just got really burnt out. I think you know, when you're younger, you don't notice some of these um, kind of things that push women push up against. And then as I got older, I had two kids back to back. Um, it was just really challenging. And I just felt like I wanted to do something different with my life and something more impactful. And as I talked to the women around me, they were struggling with the same kind of things. And it was uh, just apparent that we could do better. And Eileen and I felt that we could do better by opening a space um, to better support women. And Eileen, share with our listeners your story. How'd you end up here? I'm a born and raised New Yorker. So this is actually my first time living outside of the Northeast in New York. It's something that I intentionally wanted to do um, as part of a personal growth experience. Um, my husband got his dream job offer. And um, for background, he tried to leave New York. Um, he was ready to get out, but I had started a company there in 2011. Um, so a year later, he realized, okay, this is kind of a unique opportunity. So he had moved to DC. I was supposed to follow. I didn't. And then he moved back to New York for me. So I told him I'd do the same. I thought we'd be 50, 60 years old when that would happen. But that time came about six years into starting my um, nonprofit. And through that nonprofit, I, was, uh, I had the pleasure of getting to know a lot of cities outside of New York and was really interested in um, the, the thriving ecosystem here in Atlanta. So when we had an opportunity to move here, we didn't know anyone, we had no ties or connections. I was really excited upon reflection. I realized I wanted to start another company and um, I thought Atlanta would be, would be really interesting for that. So I started asking around, meeting folks and eventually somebody introduced me to Martine and the rest is history. The main reason that I wanted to talk to you both today is because of this incredible announcement that you've made about your desire to invest in not only female-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, but specifically businesses that are owned by Black women. This is great. Yeah, we, um, I think when we opened the space, it was always very intentional that we wanted it to be inclusive. And that was our goal from the start. And so I think we've been doing some stuff in the background and quietly as we kind of got our footing and didn't want to make it public until um, we were ready. But I think this moment in time really has called us to step up. So we're looking to invest um, $300,000 in um, nonprofit social justice organizations that are supporting black communities and black women and then also invest in black female entrepreneurs, giving them space, uh, events, programming, support, community, uh, mentorship, just to kind of level the playing field, honestly. Um, yeah, and then the other sort of internal work that we're doing with our community, we just kicked off our accomplices group discussion. So it's mainly um, white women, non-black members and non-members who have come together to go on a 16 week journey with, with all of us. Um, to explore white privilege, white fragility, and really figure out how can we all better do the self-examination, the acceptance that we all have been potentially harmful to the Black community and potentially complicit to white supremacy, and how can we all come out of this together to become better action-oriented accomplices. And through that, we're really excited to 
um, do a, we've, we've been calling it a Karen series, but really wanted to publicly share um, that conversation with, with the broader audience. Um, so the history, we're very much going through the history of racism and doing a lot of um, self-exploring and, and self-reflection around um, what does this all mean to me? How do I fit into it? And how can I be a better ally? The 16-week journey, has that begun yet? How far into this are you? We're just two weeks in. So we have uh, sessions every other week and um, it's a lot of reading. There are no experts. We have some experts that host sessions outside of the accomplice um, meetups. And then we also have psychotherapists to guide us to make sure we're not just remaining superficial in exploring our feelings and reactions, really digging into ourselves and figuring out the root causes or the root um, the roots of, of, you know, how we were raised, how we were, um, things were normalized to us and kind of breaking that down. Um, so we're really excited to share that with, with the broader audience. And our plan is to continue doing this. So this is our first sort of pilot with about 30 women. And um, they know that they're sort of guinea pigs and we're figuring it out. But we have homework each week. We have accountability buddies that we meet with in between each of the sessions. And it's been, it's been really great. I'm, I've been partnered with um, a woman and we had we just had the best call and just getting to know one another and we have incredibly different backgrounds. She's a Latinx um, woman. I'm Asian American. So we were able to connect on what does it mean to be a, a non-black, non-white accomplice. And so it's been so far, it's been incredibly rewarding and hopeful, but it's it's just the beginning for us. Martine, it sounds like this journey could be a bit challenging. What are some of the things that your group is learning? Yeah, I mean, I think when we started this work, we knew that we were um, in our community stepping into new territory and that we may come up against some challenges. I think one of the questions that came up was that, like for our non-Black women of color members, they were like, where do we fit in this conversation? And as Eileen mentioned, um, you know, she's Asian American, we have lots of Latin women and different, and different groups. And so I think we want to have a lot of conversations to kind of help kind of bridge that gap and, and how do we all become better allies. Um, we're also doing um, lots of different talks on microaggressions and racism and PTSD. And uh, we're doing a series in um, September that's going to be looking at um, the intersectional feminism. So having different women come and speak and be interviewed by one of our members, Christy Gomez. So I think there's a lot, um, a lot to be done, a lot on the table. And for us, um, this is a marathon, not a sprint, and that we want to be in this for the long game. And um, it's a conversation that's really important to us. And we will weave it into everything we do and everything has, is goes, goes through this lens. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it's exciting and scary. Um, I think we will put some people off um, and lose some people potentially, um, but this doesn't feel like it's for them or that's not where they want to focus right now. And that's okay. I think we will naturally filter, um, but then the people that really want to come will be mobilized and ready and we can um, you know, work with non uh, social justice organizations to support them and be active in the community. And whether that's poll watching or um, any of the, you know, any of the other kind of volunteer stuff, we have a big group of women that are ready to go. This is exciting. What was the catalyst that showed you that not only did you want to make this investment in the community, but that you wanted to embark on this journey as well? 
started for us, I think, I mean, it started for us from the beginning while we were still building the community um, prior to opening our space and we were being very intentional about um, expanding our networks. We knew that we could only go so far and that we wanted to make sure that our membership was inclusive. But I think once we opened the space, we really realized that um, that what that really meant and it couldn't be surface level and it had to go a lot deeper and it had to be woven into every everything we do. So I would say about, we opened last July and I would say that was like the moment when we started doing, we did a hundred events between July and December. So we really came out um, fighting, like doing a lot, but very quickly we we're like, we stopped, we paused, we intentionally slowed down um, and really went back to the drawing board and looked at our language and our branding and our events and programming and who our speakers were and what those conversations were. And we launched um, a series in, I think it was February called Uncomfortable Conversations. And that was designed to be a recurring series that really tackled um, some of these conversations. And that happened right before the whole coronavirus thing. So, um, you know, that kind of brought us to a screeching halt for a minute while we figured that out. But then George Floyd um, and that incident and then Ahmaud Aubrey um, happened really quickly after. And I think we were just like, we have to go. Like this is, um, you know, COVID is not going to stop or slow us down and we just have to kind of move. And there's a moment in time that, you know, I think we're making sure that we're stepping up to the plate. Yeah, I know the February conversation was really just the introduction of when we refer to women, we're not going to use an E. We're going to replace that E with an X to be more inclusive. Now that's only really the first step. Just because we do that doesn't mean that, you know, everyone can come in and immediately feel like they belong. So that's just the very first step of a longer journey. And then the pandemic hit, we had to close our physical space. We really thought those uncomfortable conversations would be great in person. But then after George Floyd's death and the protests, I think that urgency was like, nope, we got to do this virtually. We can't wait. Um, so we, we picked it up again and people were ready. We held even just a community um, space uh, after that first crazy week. Um, and it was a, a space to listen to our members. And it was very clear that so many of our, our white and non-Black community, they were ready to do the work. So we wanted to capitalize on that opportunity. Um, and it's been really great to see um, women come out of the woodworks. And our hope is that we can do more outreach and, and have more, more um, white women and, and non-Black um, folks come and do the work. Yeah, that's right. How are women finding out about the Lola? I mean, I hope our conversation today is going to bring some newcomers into your circle. Is there a limit to the number of participants that you can welcome? How do you see the Lola growing in the coming weeks and months? Yeah, I think right now we've been very organic and it's been a lot of word of mouth. As Eileen said, we met with like 3,500 women in the beginning and just used our networks and those people connected us to other people and members are now talking about us. So this is um, our first real step out with, um, we've done a tiny bit of press, but now we're kind of actively promoting it and, and through social media, um, we're on across all the platforms. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, people will come to us in different ways. Um, some people will come to us through our virtual events and those are kind of unlimited and we're opening up, especially these conversations, we're opening up broad because we just want as many people as possible in those conversations. Um, if for memberships, you can, um, you can reach out to us at thelola.com and we're taking new members, um, whether you're on a physical space um, or just a community where you can be mentoring, um, programming, um, support and networking. 
Let's talk more about this capital investment that the Lola is making in social justice nonprofits as well as businesses that are owned by Black women. How are these organizations, these business owners, able to apply for an investment grant? So we haven't kicked off the, the application process yet, but we do have a form that we'd love to share with you and they can sign up and we'll follow up with them shortly. So our process, we're looking to start selecting early fall and then kick off the program later this fall. And now we're trying to figure out how can we kick off the program most likely virtually first, and then hopefully when it's safe to gather to, to do that in our space, because something we're very excited about is not only sponsoring the membership for these individuals, but also letting them utilize our space if that's a value to them, and then also connecting them to experts in our community that are really excited to support them, and then continue, you know, how can we as an organization use our platform to continue to amplify their voices and their missions? Um, so we have a link, and then we also, to, your, to the other question, we're also building um, a web page of resources of some of the books and articles we've been reading through our accomplices group, so we'd love to share that with you as well. Clearly, it's not safe to gather now, but when it is safe again, where does the Lola meet? We're in the Old Fourth Ward, just across the street from Pond City Market, so we're right off of North Avenue in Glen Iris. What, for both of you, has been the most eye-opening about this journey, especially in the wake of the pandemic and the social unrest our community has experienced? It's been, I mean, I haven't lived in the U.S., you know, 10 or 12 years, so I don't have necessarily the history. Uh, there has been many of these instances before, but I think I'm most surprised about the attention that this has received, and not for lack of effort. I mean, people really have done a lot to bring, you know, to bring this to attention, but I think white people especially and um, in our communities are talking about it a lot more than they ever were, we ever were. Uh, so I think I feel hopeful, but I also understand that this has happened many times before and so want to make sure that we keep that momentum going um, and, and know that this is not a new thing and that this will still be continuing for many years and we have to keep that effort up. Eileen, tell me, how confident are you that these conversations will sustain and that you'll be able to see the positive impact the Lola is having on the community? That's our hope. I think that's the biggest question right now. There, we don't, our hope is that this is not a knee-jerk reaction, you know, from individuals. We know it's not for us. We want to do everything we can to continue to beat the drum and, you know, first have the conversations, then figure out how can we change our, our behaviors and really go into our communities, our workplaces to impact that change. So we'll be here continuing to have that conversation um, and our hope is that we can reach out to more and more individuals, companies, organizations, um, and, and make, an, make a big impact. In the reading that you've done, Eileen, and in the uncomfortable conversations that you're having, what has surprised you the most? What have you learned about yourself? So we just, I just did some of the homework for <laughs> tonight's session. And I think I've never really tried to articulate or been able to articulate where I stand as an Asian American woman and coming from New York, it's very interesting because New York is incredibly diverse. It's not just, you know, majority black and white. It's, it's a whole spectrum. There are a lot of Asians. Now moving down here, it was different. It was diverse in different ways. Um, so I, one thing I realized from moving here, I, I'm perceived differently. 
Um, and I also struggled with, you know, this is the, the, the home of the civil rights movement. Where do I fit into that story? Um, so I think I'm just starting to get comfortable to articulate, um, you know, the, the discrimination and the lived experiences that I've had as an Asian American, the oppression that I've experienced, knowing and accepting that, but then also accepting some of the oppression I might have done to black and brown communities. So understanding I'm impacted by it, I might be complicit or have been harmful in the past, where do we go from there? Um, so that's been incredibly lightning for me. Martine, same question. I, yeah, I think I moved here from the UK and I think anytime you move from one country to another, even though same language, you know, similar um, things in culture, it was definitely a culture shock for me. And I think that kind of woke me up. Um, I think the looking back at the UK, I moved here thinking Europeans are liberal and more open-minded. And that was very much like what I thought my upbringing was. And so I, I, I didn't, I saw myself separate from the problem. Looking back now, and obviously Brit Britain has a colonial history and has caused much harm around the world and is a big part of slavery um, and still have been paying off um, reparations until, uh, not reparations, excuse me, um, paying off slave owners for loss of property until 2015. So we acknowledge it somewhere under there, but it's not, you know, up front and center and talked about at home. So I, I looking back at that, I'm really digging into what my background was, what my history was, what Britain's role in that was. Uh, definitely have seen it through a different lens and a different light and, and know that I have been part of the problem, most likely unconsciously. Um, and I definitely want to kind of correct that and correct my behavior and, and learn and move forward. Martine, Eileen, as we wrap up our conversation today, is there anything else that you want to make sure that our audience knows about the Lola? Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Martine, you first. I think you can find us at thelola.com. Uh, we will announce this um, $300,000 grant program on social media um, later this year, probably in the next month or so. Um, we, you can find us at the Lola underscore women on Instagram, the same on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we're also on LinkedIn. And now, Eileen, you get the last word. Yeah, we're, we're just excited to share our upcoming initiatives and hopefully we can be a, a model for this moving forward in our community, but we're really excited to um, reach out beyond our network to the local community and meet folks that are also ready to do the work. Terrific. Ladies, I appreciate you. Thank you for making time to share the Lola and your plans for our community with our listeners. Welcome to Atlanta, if nobody's really said that to you yet. Uh, we look forward to having you back at some point in the future to check on your progress. Thank you so much. Again, it's the Lola and Atlanta's Women's Club community planning to invest $300,000 over the next year to support Black women entrepreneurs and social justice organizations. The investment will include grants, sponsorship, access to the Lola's community and space, once it's safe to gather again, events and programming, and activism aimed at amplifying the voices of Black women. As we've learned, the Lola is diverse, it is inclusive, it is comprised of professional women working towards becoming an anti-racist organization, pushing back against anti-Blackness, 
raising, supporting, holding hands with, and advocating for the black and brown women in our community. Martine and Eileen agree that these moments should not pass without action, increasing the knowledge and demanding reform. They, as non-Black women, are working to educate themselves, as we've learned, so that they can serve as allies, real allies, for their Black members. And again, we really want to say uh, thanks to Martine Resnick and Eileen Lee, the co-founders of the Lola. And as I said a moment ago, uh, can't wait to have you back and check up on your progress. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program crafted with you in mind. If there's a guest you'd like to hear interviewed or a perspective you think should be explored, let me know. If you're old school, just write me. 1601 West Peachtree Street, Northeast, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Or message me via social media. I'm Condos Presley on Facebook, Condo29 on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this very same time as we examine another perspective. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.